Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, whole crew, Brandon Piller, Chris Parliament with me today. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON right now and you'll get $10 off your first order. Coming up on today's show with the Senators season well in the books, we talked about Pierre Dorian's postseason availability well now we're handing out the sends central awards we asked you on our twitter at send central you narrowed it down from four to two and i'm going to ask the boys who they have in a variety of awards the prospect talk continues it's number 17 the only goalie on the list we'll get to tell you who later on and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Wednesday, June 3rd, and guys, before we get to the Sens Awards, so many segments, little stories out of Sens land, the world is a mess right now, and we'd be remiss not to talk about it, the protests going on in our southern neighbor, and well, even in Toronto as well, as I'm here in the heart of enemy territory, but now we all have to be allies with what's going on, the, of course, death, murder of George Floyd sparking protests everywhere against inequality, police brutality. Brandon, this seems like it's something that's been boiling forever, and it really just all came out in the last week. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. And I mean, first off, like, we're just a couple guys talking about hockey on a podcast. You know, you can take take what we say uh, with uh, as much grain of salt as you want. You know, we're not uh, philosophers on racism or uh, social issues or anything like that. But it, it comes down to a couple basics, you know, like it's just an absolute tragedy what's happening. Lives are being lost and, uh, you know, there's there's danger just in the streets of many, many cities in the U.S. So but racism, it's it's an issue that affects every human being. It doesn't matter whether you're directly affected on a day to day basis or even if you understand uh, fully what racism is. But we all need to look towards ourselves first and you got to try to make changes in your daily lives and how you perceive the world and you know what you think is right and wrong right so every person regardless of what race you are deserves and needs to be treated with respect and dignity and we have to do everything we can to follow through with that it's i mean it comes down to a simple thing but it's it's been going on for a long time as you said ross it's been boiling over now with uh with people who are choosing to react in a different way because their voices weren't being heard before, right? So all we can do is try to make the changes ourselves and uh, try to make the right decisions for how we perceive right and wrong. Making changes ourselves is the biggest thing as three white men on this podcast. We're all admittedly privileged. We don't have to worry about when we're going to the store or going for a run and some of the videos are just abhorrent that you're seeing online. And I mean, thank God for iPhones that you're able to to witness this. And I think it really puts it in perspective. But as what we can do is just learn and listen. There's so many well-educated, well-thought people of color who are, are really, you know, explaining what these issues are. And uh, Chris, you, you, you mentioned a couple like that killer Mike speech that he gave in Minnesota, friend of George Floyd. And I mean, there there's just we have to listen. We have to learn. We have to try to be better. 
you know, I, I hesitate to speak up in situations like this because of um, what can be perceived. And obviously, um, yeah, you mentioned it, Ross, we're, we're definitely privileged people and uh, we're, we're thankful for that. But also, I just look at it as we're taught at a young age to uh, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And I think it's that simple. Um, I think you just have to put yourself in people's shoes that uh, are affected by these issues and it becomes pretty apparent that this is wrong so uh to keep it short and sweet i think everybody should just um respect everybody and uh i would love to see a world that that was that was happening so uh to move on just stay safe people yeah and there's so many i mentioned people that are are speaking out and and so eloquently um jonathan taves had a great post i'm wearing my boro cop shirt right now of course, Boro, always on the right side of history. Um, I encourage everyone to go to his Instagram, Boro Cop Running, obviously the best Instagram handle in the game, but also the best account with what he puts out. So um, Borowiecki leading the, the charge, and um, as he should, great word there. So I think with that, we can move on because you mentioned Boro. He had some love in our best defenseman category in the Sens Central season-ending awards but let's start do you want to start with the mvp or work our way up to the most valuable player parley work our way there yeah yeah work our way there okay well let's start well most recently in the news was josh norris winning the ahl rookie of the year so let's start with the rookie of the year for the ottawa senators and what we did is we set the number at 20 because it's 25 to be considered no longer a rookie after your season or you have to play uh parts of three seasons so nick paul despite being under 25, did not count as a rookie this year. So we made it 20, but that's because Batherson and Logan Brown both played between 20 and 25 games. And and Philip Schlappick was another guy on that list. And when we put that out on Twitter, it was a runaway for Drake Batherson with 82.8% of the vote. Philip Schlappick, second, 76 um, I think this one will be pretty quick, but did you guys both have Batherson? Pilsy, I'll come to you first. Batherson. I mean, no disrespect to uh, Schlappick, Branson, and Brown, but uh, Batherson, he was dominant in the AHL. He deserved his chance to play in the NHL, and he put up a pretty good showing, especially com- compared to those guys. I thought he was uh, more effective at the pro level. So, yeah, I don't think uh, it's much of a shock that he's the clear winner here. You know, uh, there's there's definitely some a lot to be said about guys that are making that jump to the league and put in a situation where this team wasn't really set to compete all that well. Another guy that uh, uh, I thought deserved some credit there was in between the pipes, goalie-friendly show, Marcus Hogberg. He had only played four games before. He came in at 24 games this year, uh, had some rough numbers. They couldn't seem to score when he was between the pipes, but he definitely stood on his head and showed that he's a big part of this future, makes the conversation and the crease a lot more interesting. Uh, again, it would have been a lot of fun to watch him play for the Belleville Senators down the stretch, but uh, yeah, I think my vote is going to go to Drake Batherson as well. He showed a lot this year, so honorable mention, Mark Sogberg. I like going to take the cake. That's good. Like he, that? he does win another award, but just to finish the thought on Drake Batherson, he had one more point in three more games this year than he did last year. Same amount of goals, but without Matt Duchesne, who was his most common line mate last season. So I thought that there was some um, evolution in his game at the NHL level, but what you really saw was an absolute domination 
of the American League in the 44 games he was there. But that's not what the Sen Central Awards are about. It's the NHL now. And you mentioned a goalie making his mark in the National League. Marcus Hogberg had 55% of the votes as the best goalie on the Sens roster, coming in second, Anders Nielsen at 31.8. Parley, I'm assuming you agree with this. Now, this is where I get a little bit, it's funny that I mentioned him in the last one, but I mean, Anders Nielsen played very good hockey this year yep. in the limited time that he played. Uh, I think, again, you got to take stats into consideration here that he wasn't playing behind that great of a team, but he showed he can be a number one in the National League. And this season, there was times where he was outright dominant. Do you remember early in the season when the Bruins, who finished the best in the league, were at home and Anders Nielsen went out and put on an absolute show? DJ Smith coached this team to a 2-1 loss, but it easily could have been a win. I think that there was a lot of games that maybe fly under the radar. And when you think Anders Nielsen this year, you think of the injury. But at six foot six, this guy's a beast and he plays the position very well. Don't sell the team short. Anders Nielsen had 38 saves in a 5 2 win in Boston this season. Uh, there, there was a lot of games where Anders Nielsen held them in it with a couple big saves. Uh, I remember. Really only one stinker as well, but the team actually battled in that game pretty the well. The Minnesota so, one? Is yeah, that the stinker? So, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was an interesting game. It was every time you turned around, there was three more goals on the board. So, Well, and how about the uh, the shootout loss in Vegas where he made 52 saves? Yeah, this guy, he turns, he, what you look for in a number one is a guy that gives you a chance to win every night. I, I can't look past Anders Nielsen's ability to do that. You know what a, another cool stat is? Um, in games where he had 30 or more saves, he was 9-2-1. and one. So See, when, that's, Im- that's, that's impressive. impressive. But you look at Marcus Hogberg's numbers, and it would read the opposite, yet he won the poll. Yeah, and I think a lot of that where fans just see, they see the uh, the OT loss category, and they're like, man, <laughs> yeah. he was so close on so many wins. What did he finish with, nine? Eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight OT losses. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't, Parley, you're making some good points. And yeah, I think Nielsen um, really showed what uh, what it takes to be a number one guy, like you said. But I'm still giving it to my guy, Marcus Hogberg, here because. Friend of the show. It's, yeah, and the, the eight OT and shootout losses, like all of those games, it seemed like uh, the Senators were just barely hanging on. And he was like the, the guy, like holding it all together. Like if a finger slipped. On him holding up this whole team, it just all fell through. But he kept steady. And, like, I know it's it's silly to say, but, like, really, he was a goal away eight times from having a 13-8 and eight record on a rebuilding team as a 25-year-old goalie who only had four NHL games of experience before this. So I just think for, for how, um, you know, the weight of what Hogberg needed to deal with, and let's not forget, he's got that one-way deal on the second part of his contract here he needed to show the senators that they made the right decision and he definitely showed them that and i think nielsen is going to be the number one guy next season but hogberg will be a really really good number two option and if he gets hot hogberg might even be able to steal the job for a little bit who knows right i like the two uh the two goalies as a tandem next year i think nielsen's been around the league as a 30 soon to be 31 year old goalie um he's he's kind of seen it all and i think 
Um, the Swedish aspect doesn't hurt. The fact that it's probably easier for them to communicate on a daily basis. Um, I know Hogberg seems like a shy guy. I don't know him personally, really, other than hearing Pilsy interview him. But, um, yeah, I think that'll be exciting to watch next year. And as a goalie-friendly show, we had to take a little extra time on the best goalie. However, this next category, even younger candidate. Brady Kachuk taking the popular vote as the best forward among senators this season and it wasn't particularly close 74 percent next best in the poll anthony duclair at 16.8 but you got to think that streak of over 20 games without a goal was the deciding factor between the two pillar yeah and it's like if duclair even kept uh i don't want to say respectable because that's not the right word but like an average pace of scoring after that hot streak I think he might win this poll because he kept getting chances though. He just couldn't oh vary God. in the middle part of the season. Speed it, it, doesn't slump. Speed yeah, doesn't it's, slump. It's stick. It's holding that stick too tight, right? Like you're, and as soon as the puck hits a stick, he's like, Oh my God, I better score this. I better score this. Instead of just thinking freely because he needs to get that monkey off his back. But Brady does everything right as a forward. He's so much fun. He's physical. He plays hard every day. Uh, really embodies what this team should be working towards and what DJ Smith wants these young players to be doing. So definitely Kachuk's the winner here. Shift in, shift out. How much fun is he to watch? And I'd even say his vision's better than Kotkaniemi's. Like <laughs> elite, elite hockey IQ. And he's just going to get better and better every year. So much fun to watch Brady Kachuk um, improve all the way to being the best forward on the team. 3.1% of your votes, though, went to Connor Brown who won in a very tight race, the best defensive forward against Jean-Gabriel Pajot. I think maybe some votes skewed because Pajot no longer is a member of the team. However, it does speak to how how impressive Connor Brown was. And he was also a nominee for our most improved player at 18.2%. He's actually second, really neck and neck with Brady Kachuk. I'm curious who you would vote for. I'm going to take out Tyler Ennis. He was a bit of a throwaway pick um, because he used to, uh, it was more of a comeback, I think, because Tyler Ennis had established himself as an everyday NHLer in the past. But between Mark Borowiecki, Connor Brown, and Brady Kachuk, Parley, who's your most improved Ottawa Senator into this season? Numbers show it. uh, His importance to the team show it. And his change of play shows that Borough is the best player. I mean, you can talk potential and career trajectory. I think Brady Kachuk is very much following that career trajectory. Also, we'd have never seen really Connor Brown before in a Senators lineup where he was able to uh, go with that. He also got a little bit of help getting a former coach in DJ Smith that knew his game style. But Borrell went out and changed his game. He became more mobile. He he kept his uh, physicality up while adding a little bit on the score sheet as well. I think Borrell... I agree with the poll at 58.9%. He was the most improved player. Yeah, I I agree as well. Uh, I didn't even have to really think about that one too much. And it's especially the thing I like about Boro being the most improved guy is it was uh, like kind of a a noted kind of self, like he came upon this himself. Like, do you guys remember near the start of the year where he was talking to reporters and he's like, I'm not going to be a fighter anymore. Like that's not going to be my role. And instead of just, drifting off and not being able to fight and that's kind of the end of his game and end of his career he found ways to stick in the nhl when there's good defensive prospects behind him the sends added guys uh he dealt with injuries you know like he put it upon himself to change and he did so that like that's the greatest improvement really you can do when you back your words up 
yeah, he played his role well, and it was impressive to see him take that on. I think he's just a, like a class act character guy. I, I can't think of anyone better of like blue collar hockey. And I, I just love the fact that he's potentially going to get paid this summer. Yeah, well, he got in, uh, if I'm reading this right, three fights this season, but 51 in his career. So, yeah, really toned it down in, in dropping the gloves. But still, the Wayne Gretzky of hitting the third most hit among any defenseman this year. And get this, guys. Here's the top five games played. 69, 71, 69, 67. Boros right in the middle of those those four names. And he played 53 games. So um, about 16 less. And he's uh, three off the lead in the entire National Hockey League. So shout out Boro. Such such a solid hockey player. And he actually had the most goals by a sense defenseman. That's what yeah. I said. Second in points. Ridiculous to say that three years ago. But moving on here, we'll skip a few. If you want to go see the whole list, the thread is on Twitter at Sens Central. Before we get to the MVP, let's finish off with the one that, of course, got the most buzz because we got that patented Sens Prospects retweet asking, Right now, I think I doubled it down. Yeah, finally, at this very moment, who is currently the number one sense prospect? <laughs> really Did I make it clear, clear that I mean right now? <laughs> we mean right now because it's a poll we put up every six months, and it always changes. But now we have a third guy in the mix. Last year it was between Drake Batherson and Eric Branstrom. Wall, we got to give the AHL Rookie of the Year some love. This is a first-team All-Star we're talking about in Josh Norris who took home 34% of the votes, but just like it was the rookie of the year, it's the Drizzy Drake show, Drake Batherson, 55.7%. You agree with the uh, the public perception there? I should finish off by saying Branstrom finished off with 10% of the votes. I'm going to hop in here, and uh, Josh Norris has comparable numbers to Miko Rantanen. Oh, I saw that. That carries a lot of stock with me because of the stud that he's turned into. Also, the fact that he was able to hop in and play a pretty big role in the Bobby Ryan night on a line with Brady Kachuk, who it doesn't matter who's playing with him. The line that has Brady Kachuk on it is the Sens' number one line that night. So it's interesting to see he's going to hop in there. I think he's going to be super familiar. But yeah, Drake Batherson, he's got to be the guy. He, he showed it. AHL MVP last year at the All-Star game. Lit it up this year. It's sample size again. It's Drake Batherson. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's kind of my point uh, too, partly. Josh Norris had an incredible season, deserving of all the accolades he got, but Drake Batherson has kind of been there, done that, right? You know, like Batherson is ahead of Norris only because he has the experience and has gone through the things that Norris is just starting to go through. So for that reason, I think Batherson is the number one prospect, and it's only up for here for uh, for Drake Batherson. So cannot wait to see what uh, the current right now number one prospect is going to do in the future well we'll see if one day he can join these names because the most valuable player was pretty close as it should be the two studs we already spoke about are you going with the defenseman thomas shabbat or are you going with brady kachuk your vote went brady kachuk 52.5 percent thomas shabbat 33.3 pilsey I'm going with Shabbat here. I know maybe that's not the fan uh, favorite choice or uh, a bit of the less taken path, just character-wise. But Shabbat, the minutes this guy put up on a rebuilding team, like 
And he does it so quietly. Like Brady does it the opposite way. You know, you know when he's on the ice and when he's in the game. But Shabbat, he does it with uh, smooth, elegant, uh, kind of like Parley said, he's what the new defenseman wants to be like. So Shabbat for me was the MVP, but I got no problem giving Brady this award as well. I feel like you're going to lean Brady, Parley. Yeah, I am going to yeah. because I think the minutes conversation is a little bit tougher when you're going from a forward to a defenseman. Obviously, Thomas Shabbat makes it look so easy out there, but he's also sitting back. Brady's at full speed the entire time. You, can, you can't play him that many minutes a night or you'll, you'll go right through him. But, uh, I'd like I think, to see DJ Smith try, though. That'd be great. <laughs> Kachuk, so four minutes. Know. Let's go. So would he. But, uh, yeah, I think Brady Kachuk steers the ship on this squad. Um, he's the voice off the bench. He's going to be the guy backing you up. As much as we talked about Boros willing to go, so is Brady. I think he's the guy that, uh, if you think of an identity on a team, it's Brady Kachuk for the Senators. And I think that makes him the most valuable. That's your sense central. Season ending awards. As I mentioned, go to Send Central on Twitter and find the full lineup of questions and polls. And remember, you can get yourself a built bar as well with $10 off. All you got to do is put in the promo code LOCKED ON when you go to builtbar.com. That's $10 off your first order at Built Bar. All right, let's get to some segments. We're going to start with some Euro tripping because a pair of former Senators defensemen, one with the big team, one Helping out the Belleville Senators, signed in Europe. Chris Weidman going to play in Nizhny Novgorod. He signed a one-year ticket in the KHL, the 2020 AHL All-Star. Only played six games after being traded from Ottawa Pillar. Does that surprise you? A little bit. I mean, we we were really uh, in favor of Chris Weidman when he was he was a guy with the sense. He he had a lot of those skills that uh, you thought could develop into a good puck-moving defenseman, kind of third-pair guy, but it just it hasn't worked out for him. And I don't want to say that Ubergate has uh, kind of put a stain on everything and made it difficult for him, but it seems that way, doesn't it? it maybe just perception of him isn't uh, in favor of general managers around the league and he's not getting his shots, but good for him for getting a, a good deal. Uh, and hopefully he can continue his development as a good defenseman. I mean, I wish all the best for him. Unfortunately, he was kind of the face of the Sens Uber video as he was just because front, he was sitting front in seat. Front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, it's really too bad. So um, good for him and good for Frankie Corrado, who's going to continue his career over in Moto. The, the Belleville Senators ravaged by injuries on the back end, so he did a admirable job filling in there and wish him the best. We've got a sensational moment from 2007. It was Game Three of the Stanley Cup final, a 5-3 victory over the Anaheim Ducks in the first modern-day Stanley Cup final game in Ottawa, Parley. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, there's different buzz when it's the Stanley Cup final. It's the first ever. It's it's June hockey, you know? It's, it's, It's what everyone plays for, that line that just carried them all season long out there on the blue line to start the game, listening to the national anthem in the nation's capital. There's a different buzz. There's an electricity in the building that night. And your boy, Razor. Ray Emery save early. Huge save early. Yeah, the the one late, everyone remembers where it was a a two-on-one or a breakaway, and they try to chip it over Emery. He makes the blocker save, but the puck's going in. And he reaches back, and as he's falling, 
holds it out. The, the save early was just a snap glove save saying, I'm here to win this game after losing game one and two by one goal in each game. And how about the grinders coming through in the game too, eh, Pillar? It wasn't only the top guys. Oh, yeah. And, hey, that's what you need to get to a Stanley Cup Finals, those grinders, that, those depth players, those role guys to fill their roles and do their part. And uh, we watched the highlight pack this morning, Ross, And that, but that picture that you have of Neil celebrating uh, after he scores is just – just iconic, just pure elation off the Flesherton, Ontario native scoring a goal in the Stanley Cup Finals at home. Oh, it's so good. And also in that tweet we mentioned at Sense Central, I put there's a nine-minute intro from the CBC that just gives you chills being in that. Uh, it brings you right back to that day in 2007. Um, 2017, 10 years later, the Senators also had a hero in the playoffs. So we'd be remiss if we didn't wish a be- happy belated birthday to the most talented senator in team history, Eric Carlson. Can you guys believe he's already 30? It's tough to believe, but I mean, you know, I was thinking about Eric Carlson the other day, actually, and I hold a lot of credit in his name if we're going to bring him up right now. I remember watching that emotional exit interview after he had been traded he walked on stage and it was kind of that like everyone was waiting for a moment it was the big news of the day and afterwards he walked around the room and shook every reporter's hand you can say what you want about his what he's done on his career since he left ottawa he was obviously one of the best players in the league best players alive when he was in ottawa but uh class act Always, forever. And Ottawa will be his forever home, he said, in that same speech you referenced. But the good news for Ottawa is they have an extra pick in the top five because of that. And uh, Mika on Twitter, at Ineffective Math, he told us there's a chance. Yes, 3.5%. But that is the opportunity for the Sens to draft first and second. Um, There's a 9%, sorry, a 24.9% chance they draft first, 62.4% that they draft in the top three, and 10.2% that they win both and draft in the top three. And I think with that, guys, we should head to tankathon.com slash NHL and get to our lottery spin. Um, If you guys don't have it up, I do. I'll go first. How about that? Hey, give it a quick spin. Go for it. Oh, man. Fifth and sixth coming up for me. So that's a tough first spin. Pillsy, can you beat that? Here we go. I can beat that. No, this this one's all right, but I don't love it. Third and fifth. I really I want that number two pick. No matter what happens, we got to get Quinn Byfield. You need that elite number one center. So we'll see. Hey, there's lots of options at number three, though, and anyone you get in this top five is going to be unreal. All right, Parley. There it is. The San Jose pick hops into number two. We'll take Quinton Byfield. Thank you very much. And number two and number four, nothing wrong Here with we go. that. All Why right, does Chicago yeah. always hop up, hop up? Six picks for me. They're picking third. Oh, my God. That's not even fair. You can't had. They already got the top three pick last year with Kirby Doc. They can't have another one. That's I know. absurd. Anyways, with those top picks, you got to draft players. So before we get to the Send Central draft ranking, the continuation, number 17, we got to tell you about Rock Auto, a new sponsor. We're excited to have them with us on the Locked On podcast network it's a family business serving auto parts customers online and they've been doing it for 20 years all you got to do is go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds 
of manufacturers. They make sure you got the best deal, and I'm going to take them up on that because I was driving this morning, and there was a bug in the car, and I wanted to kill this bug. So I gave it a little smack, and what happened? Oh, I didn't realize my own strength. I cracked the windshield. So I'm going to have to go to rockauto.com. They'll get me the best deal that I need, and they have everything. If it's a windshield, sure. What about engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps? How about motor oil, even new carpet? And whether it's for your classic or daily driver and everything you need, it's just a few easy clicks away. Delivered directly to your door. The uh, rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? I don't know. I'd just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And before you pump the brakes, guys, we have a goalie to talk about. And that's the first time in our top 50. We've been doing it for the last three weeks. We're at number 17. It's Yaroslav Askarov. He's a goalie from Russia. Didn't help his cause at the World Juniors, but everywhere else, Pillar, he has been ridiculously good. Well, the first thing ridiculous about him, and uh, Ross is a 10, you can agree, the opposite hands. I mean, seeing a glove on that right hand and the stick in the left is, it throws me off every time. I mean, I mean obviously it's it probably has nothing to do with skill or uh, development or anything, but it's just a weird sight to see. But if, so it's, if it's doing that for you, it would do that for players. If you're in yeah, tight, if you're not aware. Definitely. You know, maybe you want to, you want to snipe that, uh, that glove side and you're, you're looking the wrong way and it just uh, throws you off a little, who knows? But, uh, this, this is an interesting one, and we're a hashtag goalie-friendly show. You guys know that, and finally, we're getting a goalie on our draft rankings, so it's good to talk about him. Personally, I don't know about you guys, I don't love the idea of drafting a goalie in the first round, and obviously, this is the Sens ranking, so none of us are really keen on taking him. That's why we have him a little lower than most uh, scouts have him. Hockeyprospect.com has him ranked fifth in the entire draft, just for uh, perspective. But, I mean, he he could be that good, right? Like, you you don't know. And it's only worth it if you're a team that needs a goalie. I mean, the Spencer Knight uh, pick by Florida was very interesting when he just signed a massive contract. They signed him the next week, though. So you're like, oh, Spencer Knight's the future. And then, boom, Bob out of no, out of left field. Well, I think it was it was uh, a little his favorite wing. destination. Yeah, like, there it wasn't confirmed or anything, but it kind of seemed like right. that was going to happen. But, yeah, just... To, to, for those two decisions to happen is uh, very interesting. I mean, it's always good to cover your back, which the Sens have definitely done with goalie prospects, Hogberg, Gustafson, Decord, Mandelacy, Sogard. You know, the cupboard's full. Um, but what I think is really interesting about Askarov is he has a tendency when he's on his butterflies, he really extends his leg. Like, he gets as big as he can. And that's great. I mean, you want to cover as much as the net as you can. But 
a lot of people, and I noticed myself, are saying it kind of throws him off balance and it makes his positioning a little off. He's not going to be that chiseled guy, you know, like Joey Decord, where he he's in perfect form and he's playing the angles great. But this works for him. And guys, I know you're going to laugh at this, and I don't want to start getting too crazy with uh, player comparable, but who's another guy who did things unorthodox and people thought it was weird and didn't give him a full shake? Don't Dominic Hasek. And he looked how it. he turned out. Right. I was I so, was even gonna say Patrick Waugh. He's he wow. kind of the one of the first guys to bring in the butterfly. Hasek, so I'm gonna Patrick throw a name Waugh, out there are those too. Those guys good. I'm gonna throw a name out there too. Oh, here we go. Rick DiPietro. Remember what happened when they took hey, him hey, first overall? Another guy who catches right. Oh, whoa! Wow. There I you go. Think about I wasn't that. gonna go the DiPietro route, but uh, we all knew that's kind of where I was going with the uh, worries of uh, picking a goalie exactly. in the first round. But it like look if he's gonna do the uh, kind of jittery butterfly to get over or overextend, I don't care what it looks like if it works. You know that old saying: if it looks stupid and it works, it ain't stupid. Well, if he if it's effective for him, time in and time out, all the power to him. So I think this is an interesting guy that uh, you know a team maybe like New Jersey guys who uh, teams where they really need a, a top goalie that can come in soon is going to take a serious look at this guy in uh, the top 15 or even top 10. But for the Sens, I'm going to say this is a this is a no draft zone, especially after trading up to get Sogard last year. But I'm really interested to see what this kid does in his career. Yeah, so well, am I. We're going to keep a, an eye on him. Probably. Who do you think the best team? Uh, or the team that will jump to take him early would be. I can see him definitely as a uh, as a New Jersey pick. I think that's something where they can come out and say, "Look, we've addressed the issue." Almost a Carter Hart type deal with Philadelphia. Obviously, a uh, less than uh, ideal place for a goaltender to go <laughs> if you're a young guy. But uh, Kata Hot has made the most of it. So I think New Jersey is an ideal situation for him. Just to throw my um, two cents in on this guy other than the rick DiPietro comment was sam cosentino sportsnet he's prospect he's worked there for years one word he said that kind of stuck with me with him was a uh, wild card you hear all the great things about him but uh who knows it's a goaltender how, right how about a chance to reunite with another russian who should be coming over kirill kaprizov in minnesota they might be drafting around that area as well we'll see how the uh the play-in series goes but uh, that's another destination where we could see Askarov going um, at number 17. Well, he's 17 on the Sen Central draft rankings. The we- reason we have that is so that when he's taken earlier, we can say that the guy who the Sens ultimately take, we had him higher on our list, right? Absolutely. A little, a little semantics there. So I think that's it for today. We went a little long, but it was an important conversation that we touched on. There's so much more to learn, and learn is the key word. Listen learn and just respect one another guys we're all in this together sends fan or not we joke we say we're in enemy territory in downtown toronto but the more we're together don't think that as canadians we're too good or above it because we're not listen learn and we'll be back to entertain you with send central citizens we're bringing in one of you and if you want to be featured on our show and a send central citizen just head to our twitter at send central and drop us a DM for Brandon Piller and Chris Barlow. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. We've got your team every day.